Moving on. There are over 1.5 million diagnosed paranoid schizophrenics living in America today. Should our health care system be doing more to make sure they're safe to themselves and others by watching over them 24 hours a day? Yes, we need to monitor these people to make sure they're safe. Hide cameras everywhere they go, in the street, in their homes, in the eyes of people at the convenience stores where they shop. Cameras aren't really enough. I read though. it in a medical journal recently that a number of doctors have already begun to place microscopic tracking devices under the skin of schizophrenics, which is a great way to make sure that they don't get lost. Yeah, and there's an right. article great. said here recently that most of them have had no problem with that, and it's a very non-invasive procedure and has proven to work very well Painless. so far. Yeah. Painless. Schizophrenics yeah. often respond well to pleasant memories from their past, and, and, and one technique which might give them a little bit of relief mm-hmm. is if we have their caregivers' faces surgically reconstructed so they, they look like the, the schizophrenic's Perfect. dead relatives. Mm-hmm. Now, some say that we should offer verbal encouragement by uh, implanting speakers in, in their ears, which would whisper kind words to them 24 hours a day. Couldn't agree more, I think what would be great would be uh, a recorded voice on a loop saying, everyone around you wants to get you, in, in reference to help. Of course, we can't have just one voice. We need to have more than one voice because then they know it's a team effort. That's right. They feel supported by the community, and that's what we really should be going right. for. But we have to do more than just calm them. You know, We have to give them practical advice, too. If I tell them which bus drivers hate them, which manholes are covering up underground government prisons, right. which statues don't love them anymore, you know, that sort of but thing. This kind of technology would be expensive. Some people have said to slip it into their minds subconsciously, perhaps through coded anagrams that, let's say, we would hide or encrypt into books. Definitely, definitely. They'll think that they're just reading, you know, standard literature, but actually it will be encoded instructions from people who want to help them. In newspapers... Or inside the tattoos of people on the street. Just the ingredients on a, on a box of cereal, anywhere, they, anything that they might read. Yeah, and this is an area where I think that we could really get some help from the government. Uh, we could be using the stealth planes and helicopters to be tracking those paranoid schizophrenics as they're going through their daily lives. We already have the ability to make everything that's that's the color red signal data and images back to the government's underground bunkers. And we should be using this technology to help these people. Abs in a six-pack. It's abs in a six-pack for December 14th, 2022, here with Charlie Robinson of Macroaggressions, and this is a new live son of a bitch! Abs in a six-pack! Hello, abs in a six-pack. Absolutely incredible. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa! This is a new live son of a bitch! Please bury him somehow! Stop him! Don't look at him! It's horrible! Unbelievable! Come here! Come here! Come here! Ice cream and ice cream and ice cream cone! And ice cream! I have ice cream! I have cookies! I have candy, five year old! And ice cream! Twist me up! Give me more twisting! Twist me up! Twist me up! Oh my god! Oh! Oh! Oh my gosh! Oh! <laughs> Just like I can do this voice, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be live here for the next two hours. 
I like women with big, giant tits and big asses. In the 70s, I I was fucking 25 fat girls to get them to go get diet pills. All the fat girls in town was over at my house. (laughs) I'd say, baby, go on over there and get them pills now and come on back over here. And I mean, I had all the fat women in town bringing me speed in the 70s till they cut that out, you know. In about 73, Noah, Noah, you couldn't get no diet pill. The crowd goes, ah, ah. Charlie, how's it going? It's good. Um, there was a, a homeless schizophrenic guy at my college uh, that... We would watch. We affectionately named him Hammerhead because his eyes were on opposite sides of his face. And when the wind would blow exceptionally strong, um, he would always find himself navigating towards the payphone. And he would periodically pick up the payphone and yell at the people that are making the wind blow. Whoa. Mm-hmm. He might have been on to something. And then he said he was going to. Then he said he was going to rape us. So oh. we left him alone. Well, did, was the play, did you know where he was calling? Maybe it was a collect call to Australia, um, to uh, Alaska. Maybe he, he was mad about the weather. Somebody was calling him in his mind to tell him that that they were sending the wind, and it had crossed our minds to get that phone number of the payphone and make it ring ourselves. Um, <laughs> uh, give him a mean. message. Yeah. To give him a message, but we decided that we didn't want to go to hell if there is a place. I mean, maybe you like could give hell. him words of encouragement. We weren't maybe planning can, on doing that. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair. We were planning to tell him to run into traffic, but we thought this is going to, that's going to be bad on my, on my run karmic. into traffic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a- well, he was a savage who did threaten everybody I knew with violence at least once during your four years at school. Oh, well, see, you know, yeah. It's that that's just the I guess that's just um, what would the word be? Revenge. What was it was unfortunately <laughs> normal there because you would see the white van roll up late at night and in the back of the the guy would get out, he'd open the back of the van and then there there'd be like six people that would get out of the the back. He'd ba- literally almost be pushed out of the the van. And then the van would drive away, and that was the um, that was the L.A. County mental institution that was just dumping people on the city streets when they kind of ran out of time with them. So we got them, which was nice. This was this was there when after the Reagan thing. They just- this was in the, the early '90s at USC in South Central Los Angeles, which is in. Okay really the worst part of town but we we would see you know we were like a couple miles south of skid row and they would just drop the they just drop the crazy people off like get out time to get out of this van this <laughs> this white van is needed to go pick up children at playgrounds we're gonna have to kick you lunatics out right here yeah i um wow yeah i've always heard that reagan is responsible for emptying the asylums and letting the inmates uh run rampant on in the streets. Is that true? Or is that just anti-Reagan propaganda? Well, when I was there, it was after Reagan's time, but, uh, but I saw that. So I know that happens and I don't know who, you know, listen, let's be honest. It could just be a mismanagement situation happening in Los Angeles because it's not exactly the best run city in the world. So the fact that they couldn't manage budget. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, 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 
I don't recommend Los Angeles to people. I've lived I lived there for many years. If you're looking for free homeless people though, they they do get pushed out of vans quite often. Oh, okay. So any any organ harvesters, any organ harvesters in the audience, uh, you know where to go for a free kidney. Yeah. Although the, you might want to stay quality. away from Yeah, the livers might be a little um road hard put away wet, but maybe some kidney. Yeah. Kidney's fine. Yeah, I think yeah, you're probably hearts. good there. I wouldn't yeah. You definitely don't want any of the, well, whatever, whatever is fueling them to walk 74 miles a day at a fast pace, that might be worth researching because they were always very fast. And there was one guy, one homeless guy that we, we sort of knew from time. He, he should have been putting out fitness videos. I've never seen a guy so jacked in my life, so leaned out. And um, I was a little envious, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's um that would be that's pre fentanyl I would assume so that'd be speed probably yeah. yeah speed yeah yeah either the market for crystal meth fell off a cliff or I just bought a bag of rat poison yeah there 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 was there was definitely some of that going on you know you mix crystal meth and mental illness and yeah those Del two Taco. Kind of, those, those two things uh, seem to go pretty hand in hand uh, yeah. even just like Adderall and Vivance, if you, I know a lot of people that have worked third shift and started seeing shadow people after uh, three or four days of being up straight yeah. whispers and seeing the shadow people. It's weird how that's <laughs> universally what like the shadow people is a universal experience for sleep deprivation from everybody I've talked to independent of each other. That's just the government, right? Putting, putting ideas in, in their heads, <laughs> putting, embedding. I loved that. Uh, the part of the onion news segment where they're like and we put speakers in we could put speakers in their ears and give them words of encouragement throughout the day <laughs> and we want multiple in voices so that they know it's a group effort amazing there were <laughs> there were definitely some people i have encountered that that had plenty of encouragement from multiple voices wow well well um i don't i don't have anything uh crazy planned uh, i know uh, for anybody listening uh, Charlie and I, we'll, we'll be here for a little while. I think, what do you think? Open the phone lines up. I saw uh, one or two sure. people in the chat maybe want to call in later. And uh, sure. other than that, just kind of shoot the shit. Um, I have listened. I've been listening to more macroaggressions over the last couple months. Your latest one about the uh, the detonating bomb robots that go into bomb a bomber, I thought was pretty fascinating. I hadn't heard of that. It's like, wow, they're really, uh, <laughs> it's like... Um, Kind of, it's, it's in a, you would assume their bomb would be better and more powerful than the dirty bomb that they're trying to stop. So, uh, wait, wait, which bomb are we talking about? Well, you the, on your you said that the police in I believe it was San Francisco approved a oh, measure yeah. to to if there's a guy threatening a place with a bomb, whether or not they even know that his bomb is real or how powerful it yeah. is, they're going to send a robot in yeah. with a bomb to blow up the guy that has the bomb. Which theoretically wouldn't that make twice as big of an explosion if they're two equal bombs and one set bomb sets off the other bomb. It just seems very, uh, like not a great idea, but what do I know? I'm not in law enforcement. They're yeah, but they, they prevent the first guy from setting off a bomb. That's their logic. They prevent the first guy from setting off a bomb by blowing him up first with their own bomb. It's like in uh, a team. America. Yes, yeah. It, it made me think when I was listening to that last episode you did of Team America World Police, where Team America comes in and to stop a terrorist with a bomb in Paris, and they blow up the Eiffel Tower and just leave the entire city of Paris just demolished, and then they all they clap and leave because they stopped the terrorist with a little suitcase bomb. Yeah, same, same that's concept. Basically, yeah, <laughs> that's San Francisco for you. 
Yeah, and I know they have the robots too because when I talked to Zach Voorhees, the Google whistleblower, when he knew that um, they were on to him at Google, and he he realized that he was you know going to have to, you know, he had he had submitted his his information over to Project Veritas, and then he was just kind of like waiting for these people to eventually figure out it was him. When they did figure out it was him, Google called the police and sent the police to his house saying that he was uh suicidal and he was locked in his in his uh apartment and he may have weapons and and may have a bomb so they sent so he's he's in his apartment wondering when they're going to figure out that he was the leaker and he keeps hearing a helicopter going around and he looks out of his window and there's a helicopter flying around the place and then there's this banging on his door and it's the SWAT team well, I, well, it's the it's it's a it's a buzzing on his I guess on his whatever the communication is to get from his the, the front door of his building to him, right? And there. then after, you hold down the button, yeah, got time it right. And then after that, they sent the robot. So he's like, yeah, well, they did send a robot. So it's like, okay, well, in this particular case now, they would send a robot with a bomb to blow you up because they got a report that you might be suicidal. So they want to help you along on your quest. And of course, they take out the whole building at the same time. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah. If you're in a if you're in an apartment, you got neighbors. It's like, well, good luck. I mean, I fuck it. We've been doing that for uh, over a decade in sandy areas. Why not just start having you know collateral damage here, like Philadelphia in the what seventies, eighties. They just that guy was all holed up in his place, and they're like, "Fuck this! We'll just we'll just drop a bomb from from a helicopter onto the whole." <laughs> I didn't know about this. Wow! Oh yeah, they burned an entire neighborhood to the ground to try and get somebody in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah, Philadelphia police are out of their minds, but nothing's yeah. new there, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, San Francisco is a mess. California is a mess. Our, our you know the politicians there are focused on ridiculous things at the expense of actual pr- problems you know like human waste all over the streets but Needles they don't care poop. about that yeah yeah so but you're in colorado so you don't really have to deal I'm with colorado. that yeah no no if no you 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 can shit on the sidewalk here at your own peril because it's so cold you might get yourself frozen so you don't want to do that we don't have that sort of problem with the the homeless what do you think of your governor over there? Because I like that he was, uh, you know, from the get-go, as far as my understanding, against the Patriot Act and stuff. Um, yeah, he's a globalist, though. He's he's really? the rich. He's one of the richest people in Congress. Apparently, he owns a ton of a ton of building or a ton of uh, companies. And can you um, be in Congress and be a governor simultaneously? Uh. Or whatever he was, governor, I guess I should say. He was one, I think he just got reelected because I saw him on Bill Maher right after the election, I think, recently. And uh, I don't know, I liked a lot of what he was saying there. But yeah, it's, um, it's he's, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Like I saw even like comparatively to, you know, when you even if you have anti-globalist talking points, doesn't mean you're not a globalist. Tulsi Gabbard recently was uh, talking to Dr. Drew and did an explanation of why she was on the uh, World Economic Forum Young Global Leaders website. Did you see that? I, I heard about it, but I didn't actually get a chance to see it. What was her explanation for being on their website? Well, she told not- Dr. Drew, well, they just put me on there and I asked them to take them off and they haven't and I've sent a cease and desist, but I've never been there or attended any of their conferences. Just like, okay, maybe, but I don't know. 
That could just be a yeah, cover that's story. Weird. That's weird to me that um, she would, they would just randomly pick her and put her on the website if she had no yeah. connection to them at all. Yeah, I mean, does that mean that's what they did with like Trudeau and Dan Crenshaw and all these other people? Like, because I find it hard to believe that if she's telling the truth, she'd be the only one that they randomly put on there. I don't know. Well, it's like a five-year program. The Young Global Leaders is like you would know if you'd gone through it because it takes a while. It's, it's not just like a a weekend seminar. You know, it's a real, real thing. Oh, well, that, yeah. Hmm. So either she's blatantly lying or uh, they just, well, what about this? What if the World Economic Forum wanted to discredit her because the type of people that would like Tulsi Gabbard wouldn't trust them? So they're like, fuck it, let's just throw her on there so that like the people that like Tulsi will discredit her in their eyes. I don't know. That could be. That could be. That's a. That's a. That's maybe a possibility. I mean, that's that's some forward thinking there. But um, <laughs> it's given Tulsi the benefit of the doubt to an extreme that it, theory. But it is. And and look, I liked her, but there's some problems with uh, well, that World Economic Forum is part of it, and the fact that she's part of a, a a faction of the military that's involved in psychological operations. That's not good either. So mm, what kind? And so I a would. Good kind? I would say. I would. I mean, she's in the she's in the psych psychological operations component that had, um, what's his name from the Presidio, the dude with the eyebrows. You know what I'm talking about, uh, Michael Aquino. Oh, let me do a goog, quick goog on this guy. Oh, Michael, wait, just what? just do, do his eyebrows. The Satanist. Uh, how do you spell Aquino? A Q U I N O. I think. Okay. All right. Let's see. Go to images. Oh, this guy. Oh, yeah. Now that guy was weird. I forgot about this guy. That's a stylized yeah. choice to stylize your eyebrows like that. That's um that's, that's like a some, real commitment. That's like Thanos hands of fate level. Yeah, that's weird. Now what was his deal again? He was a Satanist running like a high level Satanist in the US military that that was open about it and they never did anything to him. Huh. Yeah. Well, um it's there's a talk with him about UFOs and aliens. He seems nice. like a. Uh, he seems like he'd be friends with the Podestas or something. If I had to guess, just looking at him. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah, I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, well, what else you been getting into, man? This other than um, other than being in one of the greatest states in the country. Oh, you know, I've just been talking to. Uh, I just interviewed Rich Willett over from Iconic. Talk to him. That'll be coming out pretty soon. I talked to Richie Allen over in the UK, talking about all the. All the stuff they're going through, these fifteen minute communities. Have you seen that where they're trying to block off uh portions of towns and oh, say, man. Well, you know, you'll only be able to go through this part of town, you know, the, you know, a hundred times a year you'll get a pass for it and uh you climate know, quadrants. Yeah. Right. Calling yeah, all Jan so. Michael Vincents. <laughs> One person will what get would, that reference. What would Jan Michael Vincent do? I'll tell you what he'd do. When they have a cocktail, that's what he'd do. When there's twelve Quadrants, but only eight Jan Michael Vincents. There's not enough time to get to all the quadrants. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, that's wild. And I mean, everybody, you remember two years ago when they were saying, oh, they're going to start people, the conspiracy theorists were saying, oh, they're going to start doing climate lockdowns. This is just yep. a test for climate lockdowns. And every single pro COVID lockdown person, pro vax mask shill was like, that's crazy. That would never happen. And I guarantee you they're going to do the same thing they did with every other thing throughout these last several years. Where it's like once it starts happening, it's like, well, I never said that wouldn't happen, and it's a good thing it's happening. Yeah. Well, Richie uh, Allen and I were talking. He said that he he met a guy years ago who who told him he was sitting in on these like city council planning meetings in the UK, 
in this in the city where he lived and that they were talking about having barriers that sort of came up out of the ground in front of streets you know like at the at the beginning of a long major street there'd just be this not you know a barrier that literally like push a button and it, these pillars come up from underground and basically prevent you from driving down the street now he heard this like years ago he's telling richie about this and 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 he goes i'll be damned if uh richie's like i'll be damned if uh i didn't see something where they were talking about doing that they were talking about doing that to an, a street in in the area uh, someplace where he lives and he's like you know i and i, I thought back to the, what that guy was telling me i thought that guy was crazy years ago mentioning it and and here now i'm reading it myself so we were talking about that as far as climate lockdowns and all the stuff that they're going to do uh for that so yeah that's part of it like literally preventing you f- from driving down a street and they think that that and that's going to what save the planet piss everybody off um just you know show that they have power like what's it gonna do you know yeah it's uh i i don't see how anybody could rationalize uh it like an everyday citizen could rationalize uh putting up with that or just being like yeah this is fine but then again um well, I guess the collective we have put up with so much that, like, you know, what's what's another what's another five steps forward in the in the march towards tyranny? Really? Yeah. I don't know, are you are you pretty black pilled at this point? On some things, yeah. On some things, I mean, I try to 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 stay. I try, I try to keep my sense of humor about you know f- That's the with all this. It's, it's everything's so crazy. You have to laugh. If you can't laugh at it, then you're gonna you're gonna make yourself insane. But I I do think that there are some things that I'm uh, you know it seems like they're kind of coming at us from all angles. I'm not uh, I'm not looking forward to the central bank digital currencies. I'm not looking forward to social credit systems. I'm not looking down to the push for climate lockdowns. Um, all of that stuff sounds like it's going to hit us from from every side. So I'm 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 very much concerned about that, and I, I I'm not I'm not saying that it's pointless to fight against that we most definitely should fight against it but it just seems it's like if all we're doing is having to fight these maniacs just to kind of retain normalcy it just seems like we're just going to be exhausted at the end i mean we'll still fight them but 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 it's just it's frustrating that we even have to do it you know if these guys would just get out of the way i mean life's tough enough without them intentionally making it harder for us and so um that's you know it's frustrating that we have to devote so much of our emotional energy or you know to to pushing back just to try and you know claw back some of the gains that we had i mean we lost a lot during COVID. we lost our freedoms we lost sanity we lost family members both physically to it that who died uh from from mostly from the vaccines we lost a lot of people uh, as friends that well, I mean, I guess we could say we lost them to the vaccines as well. They they drank the Kool-Aid and bought into all that stuff, and they're now on that team. So we've lost a lot. We've been, you know, it's been a tremendous cost to us. And all we want, like, it's like, all I want is just, I just want to be normal, you know? And I don't even know what that is anymore because it, normal has changed. And so that's kind of where we are. The new norm. Yeah, the new I, normal. <laughs> I'm I, yeah I'm kind of I'm on the same page as you with most of that and I, I I I do feel like you know the classic for every action there's an equal and opposite counter reaction that seems like the amount of people woken up in the last couple of years uh, 
that's really and Tim Dillon talked about that where people people realized they were being lied to and jumped straight into QAnon. They went from like uh, being completely asleep straight into QAnon territory. That happened to a lot of people, and hopefully that's kind of counterbalanced. But people are definitely not buying sh- the uh, the bullshit as much as they used to, um, which is good. No, but that, the cost that, of that was uh, just the major clampdown we had in the last three four years. There are some people that I w- was friends with before this that I um, I have nothing in common with them anymore. They might as well live on another planet to me. You know, the way they see yeah. the world is just, it's just exactly the way the media tells them to see the world. And I want to shake them and just say like, you're a smart person. I've known you for a very long time. Why are you so dumb when it comes to this? Why can't you see this? Why can't you... Why can't you allow yourself to understand? Is it because you're you're afraid that you've been had and that you don't want to admit that? Because that, like, get over that. But like, if you if you think that the government is looking out for you, if you think that the pharmaceutical industry gives a flying fuck about you or your health, you're 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 just naive. You just don't understand the game. And you do uh, not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I- <laughs> if you think that guy is your savior. Talk to somebody that went through AIDS in the eighties. Talk to them. See how, what they think about Anthony Fauci. See what they think about that guy. Yeah. Wow. Have you, I, if you probably haven't, I just haven't caught him at least not in a long time, but have you done like debates with people? Like, uh, no, not really. I should. I did a, I had a debate. It was one versus four. I was on this like skeptic atheist podcast and it was 2020, I think. And, and we were, Maybe it was like right at probably the end of 2020, early 2021, maybe a little earlier, something like that. And it was all four of them were Fauci fanboys, dude. It was wild. And I, I was just like trying to, was, you know, I was like, I didn't do as good as I could have, but that was like the closest I've come to a like uh, public debate. So, yeah, I was curious if you d- debated people on something like 9-11 or something, uh, something that's your real bread I've, and butter. I've, I've, I've not gotten into a debate with someone but i'll tell you what if i did i the rules of the debate would be you you're not allowed to just get up and leave midway through me pummeling you you have to sit there and take it i've had a lot of people that (laughs) that want to that want to try and explain to me why the vaccines are safe and effective and those people like i i could debate them but what am i gonna you know am i gonna change their mind Am I going to, you know, the only thing I will do is probably make them look stupid, which will make them angry and double down. But I, I prefer to, yeah, I mean, I guess if someone wanted to to debate, depending on the topic, if someone wanted to debate me, I probably could, could do it. I, you know, I've had people, I did have a guy come send me uh, messages saying that he wanted to sit me down and explain to me what Zionism was. <laughs> and then, and I was like, I was like, oh, like what, like Kanye, you know, the thing I was like, mm, not interested. And then I got another message from the same guy going, really want to have to talk with you about it. I really, the great you know, JQ. Don't, avoid, the JQ. don't avoid me. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like thinking to myself, first of all, I don't even know you. You're, you're reaching out to me to, and second of all, you're going to, you're going to lecture me about Zionism. You're going to give me the talk. Oh, this ought to be good. This ought to be. Oh, you're good. Jewish, right? Jews rock. I love Jews. You just got to throw that bumper in every now and again, just to make sure we don't get. Uh, yeah, you got to, yeah. you know, 
And so I, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get one of those where the person's like, let me sit you down and explain to you how it all works with this stuff. You know, let me tell you why, where you're wrong and all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, listen, I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong about some stuff. Of course, you know, but you know, I, I have researched and written and researched more and written more. And I have been around this information for a while and, and, uh, I, and much, you know, much like you, you're like, you get, you get, the more you see it, the better off you get at recognizing bullshit when you see it right away. And so I'm, I'm now at a point where I can like watch the, you know, mainstream media and it's like watching a different show, you know, I'll be like, that's a lie. That's a lie. This is a setup, you know? So when somebody wants to come in and, you know, debate me and talk about all this stuff, like that's fine. But are we working off of the same source material here? Because I know stuff that you're going to say, well, that's not true. And it is true. It's just not on your nightly news. And so therefore, you're going to assume that it's not true because right. you didn't hear Anderson Cooper tell you about it. But so so again, it's like what I, I, I instead I'd rather kind of focus my energy on reaching out or reaching the people that are that have legitimate questions that are really sort of interested in this stuff and want to know more about it how it works and 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 don't want to argue with me. I can argue with people. I've no I'm not afraid to argue with people. I've I've done it plenty of times, but it's just exhausting, you know? It's like, oh, and nobody you know, what changes. Did I we, I, I, Mike talks about this, I think um when Joe sometimes when Joe goes on his great um political uh exploits Michael be yep. like, well, you can't change any. We've reached the point where these lines have been drawn, and the only people's like everybody's already clearly made up their mind. And there's a small fraction of the population that just doesn't pay attention to current events, politics, or anything. And those are maybe the people you could reach, but they don't care. And honestly, they're probably better off. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. you can't in a, even like nobody's could, no no. Deba- I've never seen two people have a debate. And then one person comes out going, you know what? Maybe you were right about that. Never. Yeah. It's, the debate is for the audience. The right, debate is right. for the audience to sort of pick like a, a team and cheer for that team and go, oh, yeah, you got your ass kicked by that guy. You know, um, I, yeah. Changing minds, probably not going to happen. I mean, I, I've tried it. I've tried to do it the nice way. I've tried to do it the uh, scary way. I've tried to do it the funny way. If you don't want to know what's going on out there. You will come up with a million reasons to not know. You will, yeah. you will, you will believe the mainstream. You will not ever figure out the game. You will willingly walk yourself into the boxcars to be resettled in the East. And you'll thank everybody for putting you on the free train. You know, you will be the last person to figure it <laughs> out. So I, I, with that, I feel like that person is like, uh, you know how they say that people that are drowning are really dangerous to try and help because they'll pull you under too. You know, look, if you, if you went, if you went swimming in the ocean with your jeans and a sweatshirt and boots on and you're drowning, I'm not coming to save you. You know what I mean? You (laughs) should have made better decisions ahead of time. And then you wouldn't be in that position. What are you going to do? You're just going to pull me under with you. So like if you are, in your bathing suit out in the ocean and you caught it, you know, got hit by a big wave and you need a little help. I'd be more than help happy to jump out there and do what I can to try and help you. But if you're just really dumb and make bad decisions and don't think things through and then expect me to come and explain it all to you, like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to do the work yourself. Like this is, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, read my books, read, read somebody else's books, read everybody's books, but, but don't come in here and then 
want to debate me and tell me how wrong I am when you don't know anything. And that, unfortunately, is the person that wants to debate you, is the person that uh, knows the least but has the biggest mouth. They want to yell at you and shout, and it's like, I, I can do that for sure, but, oh, you know, that just is like, it's just too much. It's too, it's draining, and it doesn't, it's counterproductive. Yeah, it's and non-productive. I'd much rather, I'd much rather listen to like, you know, I'd, I'd much rather listen to a funny podcast than than listen, you know, than try to explain something to an NPC that doesn't have the mental horsepower to understand it, even if I lay it out in in an easy to digest fashion. It's just some people aren't going to ever get it. I saw a thing on Twitter. Oh, I love things. Wild. Yeah, well, this was a thing, and I don't know how else to describe it except it was like a. It looked like it was a screenshot of a of a conversation and it might've even been a conversation that happened on like Instagram or something. I don't know that it necessarily was Twitter, but it was somebody was talking about like how you would think something out and you would maybe, you know, the voice in your head would, uh, you know, you'd sort of figure out how exactly you wanted to say what it is you wanted to say. And the comments, there were like four comments in a row and all the comments were like, what the fuck are you talking about? A voice in your head? You took it. And they're like, he used the word internal monologue. If someone's like, bro, internal monologue. Like, what the fuck is that? Is that a real thing? And every answer oh was God. like that. And I was like, I was like, oh shit. These are like NPCs for real. They don't have a brain. Like they couldn't, the idea of an internal monologue they thought was fake. They thought it was. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. Yeah, I, I've come up with. I've, I don't even think this was my idea, but I. Well, I did have this the first time I ever got high, like really, really high with people that I wasn't that close friends with, just smoking weed. Like this is like ten years ago. Um, these, I was, I became convinced because of the conversation I was hearing next to me and the conversation I was being forced to engage in from time to time that these two women, like, didn't have souls. And I've like become, oh. and I think NPCs go to a level potentially where certain, like, there li- are literal NPCs where like just shells that just walk around like non, literal non-player characters that don't have any kind of, there's nothing going on behind the eyes. They don't have like yeah. any anything close to a contemplative thought that's what these responses to this guy's message was like it was it was stunned disbelief they were they couldn't understand the concept that he was talking about of an internal monologue and he was talking about i I forget i gotta find it at some point i'll I'll run across it and and i'll save it and i'll send it to you but but it was it was wild it was wild because it's like it, it i i read it and i thought oh wait a second like i'm making an assumption that everybody is going through the same sort of thought process or checklist or whatever that I am, you know, maybe think about something. How do I want to frame this? How do I want to say, you know, you, we, we both do shows. You kind of have some, some notes for shows or whatever. And you, you say, well, how do I want, I don't want to say this. I'll cross this out and redo it and write it a different way and say, okay, this is how I want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of, a lot of that is going on inside my head and I just assumed everybody was doing that. And when I read this thing, I thought, oh, well, these are people that aren't thinking. They, were, they, they, were, they weren't able to contemplate things. And it, and it brought me back to this, uh, this quote that I put in my first book. It was, it was Joe Rogan, actually. He was talking about, he was talking about religion. And he was, talking about, um, he was talking about how it was like a scaffolding for people 
that people that didn't know what to do and didn't know how to think and didn't know what to do, but it was like emotional scaffolding where they could like be kind of helped along into thinking like, this is how you, this is what you're supposed to think. You're supposed to think this, you're supposed to be a good person. You're supposed to pray to this God. You're supposed to do this and that. And it wasn't bad stuff, but it was just, it, it, he described it. It just was a framework that helped, helped like really dumb people know how to, how to function. And when I read this this quote from these NPCs, it made me think of the same thing. I was like, "Oh, these th- this is the people he's talking about the people that, that that don't like." I wondered how they get to the airport. Like, how does that person get on an airplane? You know uh, what I mean? Because yeah. there's there's steps. You know, there's pack your. Buy I know a ticket. lot of people that have never been on an airplane. Well, they should be questioned for sure. <laughs> uh, a small town in Tennessee, people people. Born, I'm born here. I'm gonna die here. You know. I spent a lot of time in in your small town in Tennessee. I know. (laughs) But uh, there is something to be, there's something to be said for operating on pure momentum. Um, To quote Joe Rogan again, uh, the key to life is stay drunk and keep moving. And (laughs) I, I I do think like uh, there's um, what is ignorance is bliss or like, you know, if Adam and Eve hadn't ever eaten the fruit, like they'd still be animals pretty much, but we'd be, um, you know, everybody'd be, yeah, ignorance is bliss. Like sometimes it's like being just a stupid ass, dumb ass, dumb as ass, barely tie your shoes. It's like those people are pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My um, my grandparents' cousin. Speaking of East Tennessee, uh, my grandparents' cousin came over. His name's Jay Will. He'd been kicked in the head by a mule when he was four, and at this point, I was maybe like ten years old, and he was fifty-five years old. You know, but he was still four. And, uh, he had, he had quite a life, you know, he just was in charge of the turtles and he would help out on the farm a little bit. And he had a very slow, you know, very mild existence. And there was one time where, while we were all sort of standing around talking, he decided to play with himself. And I thought that was very unusual, but that's what happens when you get kicked in the head by a mule. Like with his weenie? When you're, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was tough, and the guy. You know. Plums are peaches in peaches. <laughs> I'm into I'm into play this one. I'm sorry. What the heck's going on around here? That's the one. That's what I would have said. Well, you plums and peaches might have worked on this one too, because uh, there was uh, it was a bit. Oh, confusing. I get it. Yeah, because of his balls. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, you know so so look sometimes some people are just simple you know and sometimes they become senators from. Pennsylvania. Oh, man. That guy. Scientists do science. Okay, so Servo in the chat just dumped an article, uh, and you can get to that chat at podtard.com if you're ever listening live. Of course. Yes. um, No, it's a CBC article, uh, courtesy of Servo here. What it's like living without an inner monologue. Cool cool if I skim through this real quick? This might be interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Hi there. Are you hearing this sentence in your head right now? Is your inner critic voicing its thoughts on the sentence structure? Is it saying this is an odd start to a news story? The concept of inner monologue, the term now commonly used to describe the voice in your head, recently sparked a flurry of discussion on social media. Um, Wait, maybe this is what you were talking about. Twitter. It's linked to Twitter. So, Uh, Tweet by Kyle Plantemoji, a subsequent blog blog post by Ryan Langdon, brought the topic into the forefront, informing the internet that not everyone has an internal monologue. Some people freaked out, not believing that some people don't think in a verbal, linear way. Others who live without that inner voice realize they think differently than many of their friends and family members. That has to be it. Yeah. 
Olivia Rivera, 22, said she figured out she doesn't have an internal monologue when her coworkers at the at a Regina salon started talking about the viral debate. She said that until then, she didn't know that some people actually had a voice in their head that sounds like their own voice. Now, is the confusion here that some people literally hear it like you're hearing me in your headphones? Because I don't have that. No, no. I think the confusion is that it's, I think it's, it's thoughts that they're, they don't have. They just don't, they don't have, they don't have deep thoughts. They don't, I don't know. But this says some people actually have a voice in their head that sounds like their own voice. I think it might be that you can imagine what it would be like for you to say right. these words. Am I going to say these words? Oh, these yeah. would sound kind of weird. Maybe, I don't know. Kind of like how this you could how imagine falling your hand into a fist instead of doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, these people might also be baboons as well. <laughs> you know, They might not be technically human at this point. This might be what, what the... Uh, Harari is talking about how there's a bunch of useless eaters that need to go. Like maybe he's talking about this segment of humanity. Oh, here we go. What's this? I think there's Sometimes a video. I say things that other people probably just think to themselves and just keep in their head. And that's, you know, that's fine. You know, keep it to yourselves. It's probably better. I don't have an internal monologue. Hi, I'm Olivia Rivera and I don't have an internal monologue. This is something that's kind of been going around the internet lately. If you've seen it, uh, some people have an internal dialogue or an internal monologue where it's more of a constant stream of thoughts. I, on the reverse hand, feel that my thought process is more like sporadic or random jot notes. It's not my voice talking all the time, and it's more like I'm just seeing lines of thought, and maybe they have voices associated to them or tones associated to them but not necessarily my voice. If you're typing something on a computer and the lines are just kind of like appearing on the screen, I think that's kind of how my brain works. And that's why jot notes feel like the best way to describe it. When I hear God, I hate Canadians. people have like a constant uh, kind of dialogue and stream in their head and that when they're doing a task, they'll just be thinking about things the entire time they're doing a task. It actually kind of feels a little overwhelming. Like how, how do you deal with that? And how- so this lady's just just has is just zen. She just doesn't have she doesn't have a, yeah. a a river of thoughts that she's writing down. The oh, that might be a that might be a good thing. I I think maybe your monks are trying to get to that point, right? Yeah, but if monks you meditate really for years like and shave your head, you may one day become retarded. <laughs> if you're lucky, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, or or you'll just be really really boring because there's nothing else going on that that's um that i think that 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 she doesn't sound stupid no i just don't like her because she pronounces words weird because she's from canada um there's a i don't know they got a sign there's they got a scientist on here uh russell holbert his psychology professor at the university of nevada has been studying what he calls the inner experience for more than 40 years it's the most interesting topic on the planet he says and they put that in quotes out that yeah (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Um, the pros and cons of more. inner monologues. Yeah, I don't know. I'll put this in the show notes if you mark that. Yeah, but um, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, inner but there's monologue. also a lot of people that are just you know, I have low horsepower. I have an inward monologue. <laughs> the N word. You know what the N word is? Keep that as an inner part. Your N word <laughs> inner monologue. Uh, you drinking you on anything show tonight? You don't want your bank account to get get taken up. Down. Oh, what was the question? Oh, I was wondering if you're drinking on anything tonight. I'm having a Modelo Negro. Speaking of the inward monologue, 
but it's no, it's, it's I'm not. Medela Negro. Okay, well, I'm no. I'm gonna keep drinking I, this. I went I'm to the, beer! Beer, 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 beer. I went to the Broncos game on Sunday uh, against the Chiefs. Go Broncos! And I just drank a shitload of beer. I hadn't I hadn't had I hadn't. Well, I shouldn't say a shitload of beer. I drank three of those. You know those. They give you now like the doubles. They're like twenty four ounce cans. Oh yeah, yeah. They're just the big ones, like tall boys. That, yeah, and uh, I had three of those during the game, and then, and I, I, I was, I felt pretty good. Nice. I felt pretty good, but the game was bad. But it had been a while since I did. The gone Broncos out lose. And, I don't. I'm so behind on football these days. Yeah, they lost, and Russell Wilson got a concussion, and. A bunch of people got hurt, and it was awful. Oh no! I, and we thought that the sky and the skydivers that came in, we were convinced. I was, I, I guess, I had had a couple at that at this point. The ones that landed at halftime, I was. They came in so hot, I thought, oh, we're going to see a guy die. Uh, he's going to hit. He's going to smack the field, and we're going to watch a skydiver. Um, watch him scoop him up. But that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> Kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just put in a splat sound effect. Yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that we were going to see that like but with our own eyes. Oh. Oh. Well, uh what do you think? I uh, should I open the phone lines? I don't know. We got a couple people yeah. uh, that seem really interesting. Talk to some Let's talk to some people. Caller, do you have an inner monologue? Go ahead. Yeah. Tell us tell us about your inner monologue, but keep it to yourself. <laughs> All right, those phone lines are open. It's 865-465-6271, 865-465-6271. Give us a ring-a-ding. Um, so what are you been what, uh, thinking about? What have you been thinking? I've been watching, or listening, rather, and watching a little bit of a lot of Nick Fuentes. What do you think about that guy? You know, I'm not really familiar with his stuff, but I know that the internet told me he's a white nationalist. And the internet's never wrong. So he kind of is more of a Christian nationalist, but yeah. a Christian nationalist. Not yeah, a big good. fan of the Hebrews. That guy. Yeah. Okay. But he does. He does like. Um, I don't know if Kanye, he influenced Kanye or Kanye has influenced him because he said stuff in the last couple of weeks that were way more "quote unquote" anti-Semitic than I've ever heard him say before. I think Ye has mm. kind of maybe let him, uh, given him the uh, in his mind the the freedom to be a little, a little more straightforward with how he feels, <laughs> I guess. Because it, it worked out so well for Kanye. Yeah. I mean, kind of, yeah. He's he's brought, I'll tell you what, you know what's been funny about it is has been that, uh, that they, you know, he was, the, the talk of the town was Kanye's anti-Semitic. He's talking about all this stuff. And the things he was saying was, yeah, if you get on the wrong side, they'll take your bank accounts and cancel your careers and destroy all this stuff, you know, all, everything that you've got, they'll destroy your your livelihood. And then his livelihood was destroyed in exactly the way he said it would be. Go ahead and take that. Yeah, he kind of uh, he, he kind of did just prove, uh, or the Jews kind of proved him right. Hello. Right. Hello. Uh, hello. Let me call, let Good me call morning, that. you're on the air. Oh. <laughs> hello. 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 <laughs> uh, let's try that again. <clears throat> Any better? Hello. Good morning. You're on the air. Hmm. I don't know. You sound fine. I don't know if it's on my end or your all's end, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to call in real quick and and shout out Sir Sir Seatster. I remember that debate episode he did with those four other yahoos. Yeah. The Netanyahu. How'd it go? 
Tell tell me about it. Paint the picture of what this was like. I could needle it, drop the thing for a minute if you want. We could maybe revisit it if I can find it. Imagine imagine a prize bare knuckled boxer in a ring and he's gotta compete against four other dudes, but this prize fighter. He's gotta he's gotta fight with his hands tied behind his back. That was their their seat sitter because they would not set him up to play clips on the show. They would not set him up to play the fucking They wouldn't let me play any clips and and they ignored articles I sent him. That sounds about right. I I gotta yeah. yeah. Are you walking? Are you flying a World War One ace? Are you or a fighter pilot? Are you wandering down the interstate? I am outside of words, taking a momentary break to call in. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you sound good. Yeah, I'm not sure. um, I'm not sure what would be causing uh, any phone line issues. Maybe we'll know. Uh, if someone else calls in and it's still happening, I might have to uh, look at that for the next show. New laptop, people still working out the kinks, but hey, I'm um, glad that happened, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been all right. Um, I don't know what? when I did that episode, but yeah, it's I I should have I really could have been a lot more prepared than I was. I would say I will say that. Um, yeah, but if man, they didn't let ready, you, do I was, your, you know, I was what, what are you going to do? You have clips, so I could get in there with you. Yeah, they haven't. Time. They uh, they gave up on that show. They they have not uploaded in at least a year. Maybe I maybe I can take partial credit for well, that. Maybe, the, maybe they're all dead. It's <laughs> uh, possible they all did get How? the vax. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can I I can uh, yeah here 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 I'll I'll play uh, I'll play like a needle drop and I'll see what you have the Ebola virus. Well, um, me- so. Just the way they talk really pissed me off more than anything already. I'm rem- it's, I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> so they were skeptics. That was the whole thing. Was that they were debunking everything? Skeptic atheists. They have a show or had a show called Analyzed, and they debunk. Consp- they their first no, episode was no. debunking the creationism myth. I think. That is factually inaccurate. The, the, the show was pronounced uh, analyzed. Analyzed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> analyzed. I think I might have made that joke to them to their faces. I might not. I yes. could have been a. I was probably a little bit, a bit, a bit more of a dick than I should have been. But was that your inner monologue? Yeah. Or was it actually? I didn't bring out the inward monologue that day. <laughs> oh, they told me before the show that if I said the word retard or anything, any disparaging words, that they would end the show right there. Oh my god! I would have started it off with a barrage <laughs> of retards. <laughs> hey, you retards! What are like, we talking about? It's like Click. we've heard enough of your show, and if you talk like, if you say like anything disparaging, like f slur or retard, or, or they said the r word, or any any anything disparaging, uh, uh, or sexist or anything, then then we'll end the show right there. I was like, well, right. fuck, that's half my act. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. I don't, oh lordy. What's Man, your? You can't, you're not you're, you're not allowed to call them retarded, is what you're saying. I just want to get their show boostable so I can start sending them in Instagrams and like call them retarded. I I really want that right now. Yeah, but they haven't. I will. Send, they haven't made an episode. I, I in, will, doesn't see. matter. Doesn't matter. They they can go back. They can they can get that whole catalog of theirs, all three episodes boostable. I just I will send you Bitcoin if you let me call you retarded. <laughs> yeah, but um, but you'll never. Uh, let's see. The last the last upload was July twenty third, twenty twenty one. They definitely <laughs> took the shots, and they're all incapacitated. 
Yeah, you know, um, I think, yeah, they in, they had about seven episodes after I was on their show. You broke them. Yeah. <laughs> their last episode was or, or episode they, 32, they July 23rd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They started a new show because I won them over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, caller, uh, you got anything else for us? Uh, no, I, I think that was it. Looking forward to having Charlie on at the end of January. It's going to be a lot of fun. Charlie's coming on behind the schemes. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Oops. What do we say? January 23rd? Uh, yeah, January 23rd. Breaking news. Breaking goddamn news right now. Charlie Roberts will be on behind the schemes the 23rd of January. Yep. That is true. See you later, inoculator. I'm stoked my daughter, who's 11. Uh, Love you, boobs. My daughter is... See, Booberry. We'll see you. Um, I'm stoked that my daughter's just found it, found the Simpsons. She's discovered how fantastic the Simpsons is. So she's now working her way back through many seasons and watching all the shows. And I kind of, I have to, I have to say if there's, if there's a, a cartoon show that my, you know, that she's going to get hooked on kind of okay with the Simpsons. It's no South park, but it's pretty good. At least the old stuff. She, we got to work her, her into it, but she has been to Casa Bonita on her birthday. So she's sort of half, half South South Park, uh, you know. Yes, initiated. the first time you were on, I think we went in depth about Caspanita. Yeah, that's Had a, a whole segment. As yeah. um, well, they're fixing I, it. You know, they bought it. Yeah, Trey and Matt. Yep. Yeah, they said it's been like a complete money hole, but they're still going through with it. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. The, the 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 dinners there were well. Let's just say that if you if you bought yourself like a TV dinner and improperly prepared it for yourself, you'd still be better off than eating at Casa Bonita. God. It was, it's really about the worst restaurant I've ever been to in my life. Honest to God. But there's so much going on there. The big waterfall and just, the pirate treasure. and Yeah. And midgets and people in costumes and arcades with video games, but none of the video games work. They all are, they're all missing buttons and they're all from the eighties, but like they haven't been, service since the 80s it's weird man yeah, i tell you I, I felt like i kind of felt like going through pirates of the caribbean you know like where you're when you're standing in line you go into this like cave and it's very humid and very weird and but you know it's a ride this is different this is like if you went through pirates of the caribbean but at the end it was like dinner and you're like what the fuck am i supposed to do but it's like one, it sounds like um you know cafeteria lunch type dinner yeah, yeah. It's like the sh- there's a show that goes on and it's it's almost like, you know, it's like the food is secondary to the show that's about to happen. But there's a gigantic pool in the middle of the restaurant. And that's where these guys jump off of cliffs and like, you know, into this pool. So the restaurant is humid on the inside. It's really damp and like swampy. So it, it that's what I'm saying. The whole thing is like an experience. You almost need to be on acid. To to fully appreciate the the ins and outs of it, I would think. But well, um, that's maybe why Trey and Matt fell in love with it so much. Because I would think so. Lord knows they were they, doing a lot. I mean, they did ask at the Oscars. I'm sure they did it at Casa Bonita more, more than a couple times. I I I'm telling you, that was one of the greatest things. That that was that was great. And then um, when my business partners, um, I work in real estate. My business partners were doing a home renovation show on HGTV. And, um, and the, the one, you know, the, the husband is a former MMA fighter 
the wife is um, a former UNLV cheerleader, but they they do these great uh, designs and home renovations and everything. And we were doing, I think season three of our show was, was coming out and I saw something on online and I was like, I was like, Oh my God, I sent it over to, to them, to my partners. And I was like, you have to see this. You're, you, you just have to see this. And it was the, it was a, it was a clip from like, I forget what it was like maybe season 23, like the, the episode one, it was the first episode of the new season of South park. And in this episode, they spoofed my partners and made them into characters on the show. And one was like, I'm a MMA fighter who renovates houses in my free time. I, and he's like, I'm, and I was I, like, I think I remember oh my this God. episode. I sent, it, I sent it over to them and they were like, this is the, like, we fucking made it. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. When you get spoofed by the South Park guys, you know, you've made it. And yeah, I, I sent it over to them, not knowing if they were going to have a sense of humor about it. And, and they, they thought, they thought it was the greatest thing ever. So that's awesome. Maybe one day I'm I'm surprised South Park hasn't um, I don't know like they haven't had they had Trump in there forever but they haven't spoofed Biden they haven't spoofed like Alex Jones oh yeah it seems like that should be coming yeah Rick and That's Morty a did a Joe spoofed Joe Rogan on a recent episode that was pretty interesting who did Rick and Morty South Park oh, oh, okay. yeah 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 yep yep what. What are you what are you working on these days? What are you looking at? You you see this uh Biden speaking of Biden, you see this that little fella that steals the luggage? Yeah, the um what what is he she it again? He's non-binary. Gollum. He's a pup he's a pup handler. He looks like Schmeagle a little bit. Oh boy. Well, I, they just re- they just what released elliptic. his booking <laughs> photo from uh, Las Vegas cuz he was arrested there. Uh police just re- the booking photo of just him stealing he's people's not- luggage. Yeah, stealing it in multiple airports. He's done this. This is now a, 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 a he's a serial luggage stealer, women's clothing stealer. Very strange. Very strange when he's not pup handling. But yeah, as far as what I've been doing, um, just uh, finally cranking the podcast back into full gear. So doing uh, two shows today, two shows next Wednesday. Did a show Sunday. Getting it, nice. uh, getting it going. Um, probably gonna have to bring back Battle of Douchebags by popular demand. At least for a yes. little bit. Yes. Um, yes. Which yes. I have to say, you kind of got robbed last when you were on. But the, you never know. It's all. Well, but I can't. I can't. I feel like there's plenty of douchebags to go around. Right. And, I got uh, robbed. I've been robbed several times, but I have the unfair advantage of ha- having more chances because I do it every show. So it's like, yeah, we're gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> gonna well, win some of them. But Steve, I, Steven I, Seagal was such a good pick, though. We might have to bring him back in a redemption <laughs> round. We we're talking about doing a redemption round, so. But yeah, uh, tonight, best of the G's. We're going through the best le- letter G word. Going through all oh. the consonants. We're on G now for tonight's show with Carolyn Blaney of Hogstore. So who's who's in it? So the best G. of the G's. Oh, it's just words that start with G. I'm probably going to be talking about gargoyles tonight. I think I'm going to be talking oh. about. Uh, well, I don't want to give it all away. You could talk about gender. Yeah, actually, I didn't think of that, but maybe. Gender is a good one. Um, I know we've I'm gone cake, way. I'm cake gender this week. <laughs> cake gender. Yep. Oh, good. That's a that's a thing. I'm a uh, squid gender. There you go. Well, uh, I wonder I know what, what uh, this little fellow's. I'm looking at his picture right now. This pup handler boy. It's it really uh, looks like if you put Gollum in a uh, in a dress and put lipstick on him. The picture, a couple of pictures I've seen. 
His dance card's going to be filled in the Clark County Detention Center. I'll tell you that much. Fellas are going to be welcoming this party. That will. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. He's going to have a warm welcoming. Maybe he can identify as a woman getting a woman's prison. He identifies as a dog. Maybe they'll put him in a kennel. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I was going to say, I know we're way past it now, but I still have this pulled up if you want to. Uh, two or three different needle drops. It's, I, I haven't Please. heard this in. Yeah. I haven't heard this in since I did it uh, in January 2021. So let's see what we were talking about. I'll- oh, what part? How much of this is just good preparation for a real probability versus some? Oh, I think we're talking about Event 201, and they're like, well, they have to do that stuff to to try to prevent the pandemic. I think. Mm. Um conspiracy to totally reset the global economy and i think we're almost at two different levels where i'm looking at this at the at the micro level of protecting human life versus this huge macro situation that that you're looking at do you guys remember who coined that phrase the unknown unknown do you remember Uh, rumsfeld wasn't it yeah yeah you don't okay well here's see at least they know about that so that's good yeah, I'll skip ahead. I'll skip ahead. I'll let you, um, I don't know, but you can tell Eek me how infection, much. Uh, 15 years ago that we direct more money to it. Don't you hate these guys' voices, though? It's like... Mm-hmm. But for yeah, scientific research. Don't. We should expect that. Especially we should expect that from an infectious disease expert. Um, it would be weird yeah. if he ignored um, it. <laughs> well, so, it's... so from your perspective, what would I say if, like, if Fauci had done nothing and had been totally uninvolved in this process, you might could say that Fauci was completely uninterested in this issue. Like, I feel like it's almost win-lose. Like, either Fauci, who is an infectious disease expert, is going to be invested in infectious disease, or he's not. But since we have a history of infectious disease uniquely appearing... I can't listen to any more of this. The problem is that he's actually any more invested of this. in it. He's actually invested. Financially he's not invested. Just, he's not just interest, interestingly, in you know, invested in. It. It's not like it's his hobby. He's financially invested. He he gets a piece of the royalties of the vaccines. I if he's I had been making his, he's not just making half a mil from the government, like you know, as the highest paid government employee. That's already absurd. He's making millions of dollars a year off of the royalties of these vaccines. So it is, it would actually be better. If he was doing nothing, because he has a huge conflict of interest. You know what I mean? Yep. But whatever. He can run, but nobody escapes the needle. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, well, first of all, I think, I mean, this is two years old, that recording did. I would hazard Mm -hmm. to guess that if I went back through it, um, a lot of what they were saying did not age well. I remember them saying that Mm -hmm. the Pfizer Moderna vaccines went through all the proper testing. This was January 24, so I called them out on that at the time. But they were also saying, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't remember all of it, but I would, I would hazard to guess that a lot of what they're saying did not age well, and uh, maybe that's why they del- ended their show. I don't know. What do you think the chances are that they stand with Ukraine? Oh, a hundred percent, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Hey, when when you did Battle of the du- speaking of standing with Ukraine and Battle of the Douchebags, how did Malcolm Nance do? Wasn't he? Didn't somebody take him and run him as a yeah, as their uh, horse? Adam from this? Deborah gets red pilled had Malcolm Nance, and I either got eliminated in the first or second round. 
The competition mm. was pretty stiff on that one. Howard Stern made it almost to the end, but Kathy Hochul ended up winning. Horse face was, killer. Yeah, Stern versus Hochul. I was very shocked to see that Stern didn't pull it out. He's turned into his father, just an old um, crotchety Jew from Long Island, right? <laughs> Isn't that what he's always called his dad like an old Jew? Wow, and, and kind of goofed on it, you know. And then and then he became he became and then he yeah. became that. It's like why well, I mean, a lot of people do. Yeah, but he's he's as neurotic as his dad. He just has more money, so it sounds cooler, I guess. I don't oh, know. You're Jewish, right? Um, we, we ne- you you never did uh, you never did give me your take on uh, Fuentes. Oh, on on you know I don't really know much about him to be honest. I know who he is. I know that it's very confusing to hear a guy in his name Nick Fuentes and expect to see somebody that's uh, Hispanic, and then you get this guy and you go what? And he's talking about you know white people and all this stuff. So that to me was, was a little, a little unusual. I, I felt, I'll tell you what, I don't know much about him, but that whole circus when he was with Milo and and Kanye, (laughs) that was like, is that a psyop that I'll tell you what it just felt like. It felt like Milo setting up Trump to make him look bad by dragging Nick Fuentes, who he knows has a really bad reputation, whether it's warranted or not, I don't know. I mean, I hear I hear nothing but bad things about him, but that doesn't. The worst thing sense. I've heard about Nick is uh, that I've seen clips of is him making suggestions that the Holocaust might have been exaggerated. That's the worst thing I've heard him say. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the worst thing that he said. I mean, for for some people, that's like a death penalty. Well, and he said, he said, I think his his comparison is if Cookie Monster wants to bake six million cookies, but he only has, uh, you know, two years to do it and only three ovens. Yeah. How is he going to get it? something like that? <laughs> yeah, some kind yeah, of mad. Yeah, okay. yeah, I heard. I did. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. that'll make people mad. That's the closest sure. I've heard to. Uh, anything that I would consider offensive because he usually clarifies everything he says. And he's he like, he's only 24 years old. He's very well-spoken and educated. Um, but he's, and he's a, he's a great debater, but the right has completely, um, I guess, cause the right's generally pro Israel. So the right has just pushed him as far away into the off skirts of, uh, like he's, he's pretty much dis- disowned and disinvited by everybody on the right. I was surprised even Milo was associating with him. That's funny. Well, it seemed to me like Milo had this had this um, vendetta, you know, this pledge to get back at Trump, you know, for what he had done to him. And then they all show up at Mar-a-Lago and he brings Nick Fuentes, who he knows is going to be like, you know, just his association with Trump is going to be enough to 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 make a, a segment of the population infuriated about Trump. You're inviting this white nationalist there, you know, and then they leave. And then that's exactly what wound up happening. And Trump has to kind of explain why he was having dinner with a, quote, white nationalist who may or may not be a white nationalist. I, I'm just saying that that's the way the media spins it. And so it was actually if you're trying to make Trump look dumb or then you would then you could do something like that. And if that was the plan and that was what Milo was trying to accomplish, then he did it. Then it was then, but the whole thing feels kind of fishy to me. Where does Kanye fit into all of that then? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think Kanye wants to, some people are of the belief that Kanye just wants to get out of all of his contracts and that this is a way to do it. And Um, that that seems like it's working because then he can just For be sure. self-made from then on just burn it all and start from burn it all down start from scratch that was uh, the first time i heard that concept explained really well was on mofax with adam curry they're like latest mm. and this was before the alex jones thing um 
But yeah, that was the general thesis is like, what better way to sever all ties and get out of your contracts? And and that could be the main purpose. It could be an ancillary benefit of this, but the whole thing feels like performance art to me. It feels like a gigantic Andy Kaufman spoof, you know, where he's just in character, a can't break character, and is going to show the world um, what what happens when you go up against these people, and and he's going to play this uh, martyr role. I don't know. And and then the, then I started to dig into that a little bit. I think, well, am I crazy or is this just, you know? And then there was there were actually there was a guy connected to Kanye who was making like a real I guess a close friend who was making some Twitter comments about this whole thing and was and and made a comment about Andy Kaufman. I was like, oh shit, okay, hang on a second. Maybe they maybe they are really maybe this is like a huge performance. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Ultimately, at the end, it would none of it would surprise me because I, I'm so just in disbelief that anything is real anymore. You know, do you think he'll be <laughs> so, president. Uh, it's hard to, I, I, it's, he, it's hard for me to see him winning after the whole, uh, Alex Jones appearance. Yeah. I don't think he would be president. It would definitely be like president Mountain Dew Camacho though. If he were, <laughs> it would be awesome. I mean, I, I, awesome. I thought it was pretty gangster that, I mean, I voted for him for in 2020. I'd, I'd, I'd vote for him even more so now. And, uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's perfect. Like I have no respect for the current political establishment for the voting system, for any of that stuff. So anybody that comes in and makes a mockery of all of it, I don't know. I, I like that. Anybody that, that, that makes it look ridiculous on its face. Good. good oh, Kanye would be good Trump times 10 on that front. God, do you imagine? Uh, yeah. I, but, um, I do think it was pretty gangster at that meeting with Fuentes and Milo and all of them that, that Kanye offered Trump, He's like Trump. You, if you want, you can be my VP. <laughs> that's a per- that's a, such a Kanye thing. You know? uh, and according Two to Fuentes, their- uh, Trump got mad and started yelling at Kanye, saying he was never going to win. And they got in a big like screaming match. Like, wow. Well, not with that shitty attitude, Donald. I'm not going to. I mean, come on, join me as my vice president. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. Is, that if would be nothing great. else. It's just fucking WWE entertainment, but it's still entertaining. Trump Kanye 2024. No, it'd be Kanye Trump 2024. Well, they'd have to. I mean, we let's be honest here. Kanye would have to be the vice president, and yeah, Trump, Con- Trump should want that. <laughs> Trump should want that because speaking of Howard Stern, I remember hearing one time where um, uh, Jesse Ventura was on with Howard, and Jesse was saying he was going to run for president. Let me tell you, I'm and uh, I was a great governor in said, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm gonna have you as my vice president, Howard. I have you, Howard's like, why would you want me as my as your vice president? He goes, that way I'm assured that nobody will assassinate me. <laughs> what a great <laughs> underhanded and like compliment. <laughs> no. So that's why Kanye would be Trump's vice president, because he is assured that nobody would assassinate him. Then. Well, that's the idea with Kamala and Biden, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go the you look at Joe Biden, you go, that guy is incapable of being president We're like well would you like to see his backup the some see who's coming off the bench uh who, who's the sixth man of the year award winner is kamala harris and then you go yeah well let's we better not go to the bench too early then i mean if i mean let's think about that because what like uh pence nobody wanted pence to replace trump even the people that hate trump nobody right. wanted uh joe biden really to replace obama and nobody definitely wanted cheney to replace Bush. So maybe that's just always been the plan. They're just getting more brazen with it. 
have just like yeah. the most un- unlikable vice president ever just to assure that you don't get removed from power. I think I see a vice presidentship in Fetterman's future. Oh, man. <laughs> well, oh, fuck that. Make him president. Yeah, you might as well. Talk about President <laughs> Mountain Dew Camacho. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, Be him man. firing machine guns at the State of the Union. Fucking awesome. Brain damage. I love it. Why you keep trying to read that word? You a fag? You kind of, I'm kind of a wordsmith. <laughs> I like words. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a words word guy. <laughs> what you doing over there? <laughs> um, shit, man. What else is going on? We got a little bit of time left. There's um. Wow. Oh, okay. Here's something that you probably know a lot more about than I do. And forgive me if I'm wrong about this. The FTX Ukraine connection. Yeah. Can you explain this to me at all? Because I'm still confused about it. So this FTX situation is like a gigantic iceberg with all sorts of stuff under the surface. And I think it's, it's a, this Bankman Freed family is sketchy as hell. And, um, and what they were doing in Ukraine was that, so, you know, people wanted to donate money because they stand with Ukraine and they have been brainwashed by their television and they don't like war. And I get that and everything, but so they wanted to donate money. How can I help? How can I support? Now, normally you can just go to the red cross and donate money after there's been like some massive event this time around. They said, well, that's fine. You can donate traditional ways. But if you wanted to donate money via crypto, we're going to set up a, a, an option for you to do that. Just basically a, a wallet, you know, set up that, that will, that people can donate and then that money will go to the people in Ukraine. And so it's, they basically picked one company to handle that. And that was FTX. So this, I think this was just part of it. This was certainly not the, the major fraud that was going on over at FTX. There's, there was rampant fraud on everything else. This was just one of their many projects that they were involved in. And there were over 120 companies underneath FTX that they started and ran. So this was just, you know, there's sort of a network underneath them. This was one component of it. And um, so what was happening was that people would donate money to the Ukraine fight, but that money kind of got lost. You know, it kind of goes in and it, you know, who knows where it goes. And maybe it goes to Ukraine, maybe it goes to their central bank, and then that money is used to buy weapons or food or energy or whatever. But I think a lot of what happens is that once they took a look at the campaign finance donations that were happening from FTX and all of the people that worked there, they started to notice that it was disproportionately Democrat and it was real heavy for this midterm election. There was a lot of money flowing to the Democrats from FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried himself had had over $30 million that he uh, spread around but some of the other guys in his office were getting loans from Alameda, which is a, a sister company of FTX. So they were stealing the money from FTX. They were sending it to Alameda. And then Alameda was loaning, loaning it to the employees and never got it back. And I'm not talking about like a little bit of money. I'm talking about like $3.3 billion was loaned to Sam. A billion dollars was loaned to another guy in there. You know, half or half a billion dollars, I should say, was loaned to another guy in there. And this is money that just vanished. But a lot of that, they they as an example, they they loaned fifty million dollars to one of the guys, one of the head guys at FTX. And then that guy took that fifty million dollars that he borrowed from the company, stolen money, and gave half of it to a Republican. 
just gave it to a Republican, not even a Democrat, gave it to a Republican because that guy was going to be involved in, in that group was going to be involved in sort of overseeing crypto uh, regulations. So some of it was just like straight up money laundering. Some of it was theft. Some of it was campaign finance bribes that were being paid. Like basically like I'll finance your campaign and then you uh, make sure to go easy on crypto when you regulate it, or even better, regulate the fuck out of it and let us be in charge of telling you how those regulations should look so that we can write the regulation on it so it will benefit us and it will lock out everybody else. So that's really ultimately what they wanted. And then sort of a, a side byproduct of all of this donations is, oh, in the event that we ever get busted for the stealing that we're doing, you're now connected to us. So now it looks bad on you. And you probably need to help us. So do you think FTX was intentionally tanked because they thought they were going to get caught or what? How did it end up? No, no, I don't think they were intentionally tanked. I think there, I think if it had been up to them, they would have kept this scam going for years and years and used this money to, I mean, Sam was on the record saying he wanted to spend a billion dollars on the elections in 2024 Uh. and that said that they only spent like 40, 40 million on it this year. And they wanted to spend a, you know, a thousand million Pump those on it numbers up. Next... Those are rookie numbers in this record. Yeah. And when, well, listen, when you're what? creating, when you're stealing money from your customers and creating FTT tokens out of thin air and assigning value to them and using them to say, this is the collateral I have, which is like, basically like you've just invented a fake currency that's backed by nothing. And you claim that it has this value because you're manipulating it artificially, then it's free money. You know, as far as they're concerned, they just keep pumping it in. So I think they wanted to keep it going. I don't think they meant for it to to come crashing down. I think a couple of things happened. First of all, the market turned, obviously. Crypto's been in in a bit of a, uh, you know, obviously a 70% drop in the last year. So that will screw up the grift. Any sort of Ponzi scheme that you have going depends on new new funds uh, coming in always. And once funds dried up or the- Faith in the idea of it itself too. For sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's very much necessary. Once you lose that confidence and you lose money, you know, new money coming in to replace old money, then, then the whole thing just, just breaks down. So if they hadn't, if the, if the market itself hadn't taken a dump, if CZ from Binance hadn't have uh, pulled all their coins from or sold all their coins from FTT, the, the, the FTT is like the FTX specific uh, utility token that they had and, and, and all these other platforms kind of sit on each other's, they have each other's current currencies. They, they hold each other's tokens. So Binance is sitting on a bunch of FTT tokens and they go, uh, I don't really like these anymore because we're hearing rumors that F FTX, the parent company is insolvent. So we're going to sell all of ours and they sell all of theirs. And then they make an announcement to the market. Yeah, we read that report in, uh, in Daily Coin about how FTX seems like it's maybe insolvent. So we went ahead and sold all of our coins. And you hear the biggest name in crypto say that. And then everyone goes, shit, yeah. maybe he knows something I don't know. Maybe we should sell ours. And so then it starts the bank run and everything comes crashing down. And when it, when it comes crashing down, then you get to see what these people really had. And it turns out, they had jack shit. You know, they were like playing poker with a two and a seven. They had nothing. And yeah. they were bluffing that they had something. Well, they did have they did have something. They had ten billion dollars of customers' deposits that they were squandering away on these highly leveraged, basically like 
crypto casino bets that they were making through Alameda. And that was obviously not a good thing. So all of this stuff gets papered over if the market is fine. If things nobody's are going, going if to the jail value, for this though, right? Nobody's going to go to jail for, well, Sam's not going to jail for this because of who his connections are, his <laughs> well, his parents' connections. And, you know, this is just to, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, how would I know? I'm just guessing. Maybe you would know. I'll ask you. Uh, what is his, uh, what is Sam's family genealogical background? Um, he wouldn't be Jewish. They're all Jewish. Oh. Jewish rock! My goal is by the end of the show to uh, get the macro aggressions whiskey sponsored and all that to drop you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's probably going to happen. No, I'm kidding. So his his family, but his dad is a, is a professor at Stanford who's working on IRS regulations and crypto regulations. His mom is a bundler for the Democratic Party. They're heavily involved in, as you said, as Jewish charities and things of this of of that such. They're they're tied in. They're in that group, and so when you're in that group, you you know Caroline Ellison, his right hand woman, that the the meth goblin who was running Alameda, she, her dad was Gary Ginsler's boss at MIT when her her dad was a professor at MIT, um, and, or his her dad ran like this de- department of MIT, and Gary Ginsler was a professor at MIT who answered to Caroline Ellison's father. Caroline Ellison is running a $10 billion crypto scam with Alameda and Gary Ginsler is the one who's in charge of regulating it. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's there's all of this, all of this overlap where these guys know each other. And so you, you, you have to ask, ask the question of whether this was set up from its inception to be a money laundering operation to funnel cash to whoever they want it to go to via crypto. You know, it's like the new laundromat. It, it is, it would be pretty wild and brazen for them to knowingly set it up as a money laundering thing. I guess that would give it, I guess that'd be smart though, just to get it like Larry David and Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian to do the commercials for you because it gives it an air yeah. of legitimacy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it, it's business model is there's nothing wrong with it. It's a cryptocurrency exchange. There's other ones out there. Some are, a few of them are bigger. Most of them are smaller. This one just had a lot of, um, it had a lot of establishment help. It had a lot of people on CNBC and these financial channels talking about how, how smart Sam was and how he's the next, he's the next JP Morgan. Because he's Sam gonna, was you know, paying them to say that. Right. Yes. Isn't that exactly. Pu- that's, that's public knowledge now, right? That he was literally paying off media companies. He, there, this is the Bill Gates syndrome. This is what Bill Gates does. This is the reason yeah. why Bill Gates gets such great press everywhere. Yeah, they're like, everyone in the media says good things about him, but you guys, you conspiracy theorists are always saying bad shit. Well, when you spend $460 million a year on media companies that you just sprinkle around and give money to, of course they're going to say nice things about you. Yeah. You know, what, what do you think? What do you think that money is for? It's to buy uh, your stuff. Uh, <laughs> He was, you know, my uncle is like a Bill Gates fan, and because uh, I started talking crap about Bill Gates, and he's like, "No, Bill Gates is uh, awesome. He's like does all this great stuff." And he cited the Netflix documentary about Bill Gates, which I think Bill Gates probably funded. But uh, y- y- yeah, but he's not a good guy. He's a bad. I had guy. to remind he's- him. I was like, "Do you remember when there was like the antitrust thing, and and the media was like hating him before he started funding media, and like he, I saw it on his face. He's like." 
Oh yeah, Bill Gates. You did used to be a bad guy. Whatever happened? Yeah. Do you remember when the when the police caught the IT specialist at Bill Gates' house and had a bunch of child porn on his computer? Yeah, that one was fun. They just pinned it on the freaking uh, IT guy. Yeah. 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 It was in Bill Gates' house. Right. I wonder how much they paid that guy to take the fall. Oh, I mean. You know, you want to you want to blame me for stealing somebody else's car because you you're on a big you know you just signed a big contract with the Buffalo Bills or something. Okay, fine. I but there's not enough money in the world you could pay me to take the rap for child porn on somebody's computer. You know what I mean? Oh, I I like money. What about a trillion dollars? I mean, but it but luckily <laughs> it would be the one guy that might be able to make a number where it would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I like money though. I'd, I'd, uh, I don't know what my price would be for, to take that fall, but I think it'd be a billion minimum, minimum. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to have enough money to uh, get yourself out of prison o- and and make and make a bunch of new friends. <laughs> yeah, replace the O ring on your asshole after it got broken in prison when those guys gang raped you for being a pedophile. You'd be uh, you'd be lucky if you didn't, you know, get thrown out a window somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I do like money, but I don't know that I would like it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's probably like the most clear, straightforward explanation of the FTX thing I've heard so far, mainly because I haven't been paying that much attention. But every time I've heard somebody explain it, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> it's like, so what's what's going on with this? But yeah, it makes sense that because everybody has framed it in one way or another. And I haven't heard a breakdown that was like, well, they're doing this, this and this simultaneously everybody seems to have like one specific thing that they thought it was all about it makes sense it was a- so so the best way to understand it is that ftx the main company that's where everyone has that's the the crypto exchange where you can put money on, on in your account there and you can buy and sell and trade cryptocurrencies there's nothing nefarious about that everything that's just a normal marketplace where it became weird was that they started a, a sister company called alameda research and then with that company that company was in charge of doing things like crypto hedge funds where they would take some money and sprinkle it around and invest in other companies that were coming up and they would uh, make some trades and they would they would do some sort of shenanigans financial shenanigans where there were things that you could do like staking your coins where you basically like let's say you've got a thousand coins of of ethereum or something you can you could and you don't need them you could allow you could stake them to help with the liquidity issues going on so that there's plenty of uh, you know coins available for if if people want to buy or sell you you sort of provide liquidity and in exchange for that they pay you an interest rate on that and the interest rate was abnormally high it would be like 16% a year you know and people would see that and they'd go shit that's pretty good. I'll leave my coins staked with them. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to hold them. You know, I'm planning on holding them for a couple of years. So, what do I care? It's like an it's like a an an IRA or, or a, not an IRA, uh, like a um like a, a like a treasury. You know, you like a one year treasury or a six month right, right. treasury in this case. You know, and you, you say, okay, well, what do, what do I get? And you're like, well, on a treasury, you get one percent. You're like, okay, well, what do I get here? And you're like, well, here you get fourteen percent. You're like, shit, I'll do that. That's great. So people were leaving their coins there thinking that they were, you know, going to earn all this interest. And Sam and those guys were just stealing. So they they took a bunch of money. They took $10 billion from FTX and sent it to Alameda. 
and then Alameda gambled it all away. Well, they didn't gamble right. it all away. They, 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 so, that's where they loaned a bunch to Sam and the guys, but who, whatever money was left over, they basically lost it all in the casino. And, and then, and Sam's going, well, I don't really know what's going on at Alameda. Bullshit. Of course, you know, what's going on at Al. Even if you didn't know what's going on there, you're supposed to know. So you're still guilty of that. But, but that's a, that's a lie. You absolutely knew what was going on over there because you had had your programmer create a program so that nobody in the account, you know, so that there was no accounting that could see that Alameda had God uh, mode going on on all the trades. So they could see what was coming and going in the way of trades. So Alameda was also front running trades. So if there's a big trade for somebody wants to buy a bunch of Bitcoin, let's say, uh, at a, and, and they know that that trade is going to be big enough to spike the price of Bitcoin by, I don't know, 1% was, was, as an example. They would front run the trade and buy Bitcoin before that trade went in and then get take advantage of that 1% and then dump out. And that's like high frequency trading. And that shit happens in the finance world all the time. And it's deeply illegal. And so they were doing that. So it's basically all of the, all of the financial shenanigans you can do on Wall Street, they were doing. And then they had a bunch of new ones that were, you know, specific to the crypto world that they were getting involved in, like yield farming, which is what I was talking about, where they're 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 staking coins and doing all that. And then on top of that, there's just good old fashioned uh, theft. So so it's everything. That's why FTX is everything. And then you add in the fact that 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 the you know they were they were giving money to the democratic party and that's horrible but there's one other aspect of this that nobody seems to be talking about and and it's it's really getting my attention on it and that is his Sam's brother Gabe Gabe Bankman Freed and Gabe had the way the money went was it went from FTX to Alameda Alameda then loaned 3.3 billion to Sam Sam then financed uh his political action c- campaign uh his his pack and he put money in that and then he used money from that to finance his brother's pack now his brother what his brother was doing was financing genome editing gene editing and things like that all the same shit that epstein was involved in. mm. and so now you that start when you start know. talking about genomes and gene editing and all of that now you start to get into the eugenics conversation in depopulation so that's why I say there's it's a it's an iceberg because the the everyone's focused on Sam and and they should be I I think probably right now but don't forget about his brother don't overlook his brother because his brother's up to no good I'm convinced so so you think they're not even going to have a fall guy for the whole FTX crash though well the fall guy will be Caroline Ellison from okay. Alameda oh right, the right meth right. goblin that's right <laughs> yeah um, so well, she's going she's going to I mean, really, in, in, in a fair world, all of these people would be put in prison for 30 years for what they've done. Uh, but I don't know if that, you know, it just kind of depends who's talking first, who's cutting a better deal, who's flipping on whom, you know, what do they know? Some of this stuff, it's like, oh, you're, if you're Caroline Ellison, you're like, oh, I'm going to give up the goods on Sam. I'll tell you how it all works. It's like, well, she's the one that had the news leak need- of her, right? Oh, God, could you imagine? I don't want to see that. You're talking about that nerdy looking girl with glasses? Yeah. Yeah. I was scrolling through Twitter one day and I saw nudes. I think they were blurred out. The the nipples were blurred out, but I was like, wow. Okay. So yeah, it yeah. sounds like Pete, they're all turning on each other for those nudes to come out unless somebody just got mad and hacked her iCloud or something. Yeah, maybe. Well, they're, look, they're, they're, they're talking about how they're all hopped up on Adderall and how. That's her. Yeah, that's uh, definitely her. Yep. 
Yeah. And how real life and talking to people uh, like real people, it doesn't make any sense anymore because these people like they don't matter. And why would you want to talk to them? And they're so uninteresting. And this whole world is uninteresting <laughs> without Adderall. And you're you're reading there, you go, these are definitely not the people that should be in charge of $10 billion. I mean, I agree that the world is a lot less interesting without Adderall. <laughs> how else are you going to see the shadow? Um, well, that's true. If you're looking for it before we, before we wrap, uh, I'm going to do a quick, uh, game show. with you If you're ready. Okay, let's do it. All, all right. right. Name, <laughs> name. All right. See if you can name 10 things that you would do that. You, sorry. 10 things, 10 things, 10 crimes that you would take the fall for, for $1 million. Go. Um, public nudity. Public intoxication, um, assault at a Arby's, uh, possession with intent to distribute, um, uh, uh, gas station pornography, uh, <laughs> Puffing paint in a, puff in, a, in a Walmart bathroom. All right. That's pretty good. I mean, I, yeah, would, I, think I would. That was six. That was six things. You got, you, you, that's, um, if this was graded on an A to F scale, that'd be a solid D, I think. Six, what's 60%? Okay. Yeah, that's not the greatest. That's pretty good, though. Well, you were very, I mean, bucks. it was pretty good because you were very specific with each crime. Yeah. It wasn't just like littering, carjacking. You were very, each crime was very specific, which means, which leads me to believe that you've thought about this. Well, I, I, the thing is, I'm just in my head, it's how is the crime going to be reported? And because if the crime is funny, then nobody's going to have a problem with it. And I think my podcast career would continue. If the crime was like loitering at a playground by an elementary school. Loitering in the women's bathroom at the Chuck E. Cheese. Right. That would be, that would be bad. (laughs) Fighting in the Chuck E. Cheese would be totally acceptable. Loitering in the women's so you it's there's degrees to this. Any sort yeah. of fighting in a it, really anything at an Arby's, I think, would be funny uh, because the whole OBDM crowd would get it. They would understand. They'd be like, "Oh, I like what you've done here. Clearly, you were off your medication and you chose to get completely naked in an Arby's, which is which is great." So I I think that start start just getting all the. Get a big bucket of horsey sauce and dip your balls in it. <laughs> it's it's because what you want to, you also have to think of this when you get to the prison and they, they check you, you know, the, the fellows check your charges to make sure, you know, what you're, you're in for. You will, you kind of want it to be awesome. You know what I mean? And you, and if, and if it's, Oh shit, you fought seven cops. That's great. Like that would be a great story. But also if you got arrested for dipping your balls in horsey sauce at Arby's, <laughs> that would be great too. It'd be a different, a different story, but I think that they would probably give you a little bit of flexibility inside and say, we're not going to fuck with this guy. Clearly he is, he's up to no good. He's, he's, he's a dangerous individual, that guy. So uh, I, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of things that have to be taken into consideration before. I mean, a million dollars is great, but a million dollars will be spent over a lifetime. Your reputation yeah. stays around forever. So if your reputation is, especially in this modern era. Yeah. Yeah, man, you knocked some guy out in the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. 
I think people can forgive you. I think people can understand it's, that that happens. In fact, why doesn't it happen more often? Really? It should in the in a perfect it world. Should. It says here on the police report, you dipped your balls in horsey sauce, shove an entire large curly fry up your ass before you called the arresting officer a chicken nugget scoon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they'd be like, oh, shit, we're going to make you the mayor of this cell block. Uh, you Damn, also, man. I don't think you could, I mean, I guess you could go to prison for that, but that seems like something that you're in jail for like a couple of weeks for. They don't send you to prison for public. Well, I guess putting nudity would probably be the worst part. I don't know. Well, yeah. if you got in a fight with seven cops, um, if it's not San Francisco, you're probably going away for a little while. If it's San Francisco, they're going to blow you up with a robot. Or just let you back out in two hours. That's true. There's always that. Yeah, I guess you <laughs> I guess you have to be a little bit more specific as to where these crimes are committed. Yeah. Because uh, you know, taking a dump on the sidewalk in San Francisco, that's just a that's just an afternoon detour through the uh through the precinct. Yeah. Uh well, Charlie. Thanks for hanging, man. It's always it's always a pleasure. Thanks, and uh, thanks for having and me. And I uh, obviously everybody can find macroaggressions and everything else you're doing linked in the show notes of this episode. It's the Octopus of Global I believe. Yes, it that's is. That's got that's got everything you need there. You can find you on uh, you're on Rockfin Band Video. All that good Rockfin stuff. Rockfin Band You still on Iconic, David Ike's thing? I'm not on Iconic anymore. Oh, what no, you do now? Good. Well, there was an incident with horsey sauce. I don't want to get into it. But, uh, <laughs> it involved Gareth Ike and David Ike and horseradish sauce, and uh, it was it was messy. No, I'll be seeing David in uh, in Mexico at an oh right for the uh, what's that called the uh, Anarcapoco. Anarcapoco. Ron Paul, I believe yeah. you said was going to be there. Ron Paul was going to be there. Yep, fantastic. Thank God that guy's still alive. I hope he's around for another hundred years. Yeah, he's cool. He's the only old white Republican who served two decades in Congress that can go to anarchist conventions and not be beaten senseless. In fact, he's given a standing ovation when he shows up. You would think that a guy with that resume, you know, would, would be hated, but uh, it's Ron Paul. He's been doing things the right way for a long time. And, and I think people respect him. It, it, yeah, it's happening. You know, what's funny is that he was supposed to write the foreword to our book with Jeff. um, The controlled demolition of the American empire. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Jeff sent me a message saying, Hey, uh, Dr. Paul agreed to write our forward. And I was like, Oh shit, that is fantastic. Great job. And then two days later he had his medical incident, you know, where he oh, was, that on was the hard show. to watch the one that happened on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And we went, Oh God. First of all, we were like deeply concerned with his, his health. And then, but we also had a deadline on the book trying to get it out. Yeah. And that was the last, quite literally the last thing we were waiting for was this forward. And so we said, let's let him off the hook. It's going to take him a while and we appreciate it. So anyway, I, I'm, I, I didn't get a chance to meet him the last two times I was there. Hopefully I'll meet him this time. Have you met David? Him. I mean, I had him, I'd like to talk to him again. I had David Icke on the show, but have you met him? Yeah. Yeah. I met how, David. Um, how tall is he? He's about six, five. Really? Okay. I felt yeah. like he was going to be tall, but that's pretty tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's about six, five. Big dude. That's like five, um, that's six inches taller than me at least. Five or me six. too. Yeah. 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 yeah he's it's all uh, about, he, all you need is a good six inches. That's what they tell me. Yeah, that's what they say. I don't know what that <laughs> means. I just keep reading it in bathroom stalls. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know any, anything else you got going on that you want to, uh, want to talk about before we called, before we, uh, call today and yeah. hear our sponsor uh, for no. today's episode. Nope. Nope. People can just go if they want to follow me on Twitter at macroaggression. It's always fun. I get 
I get into it there with people. Yes. And yeah, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Awesome. At macroaggression. Yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah. Anytime. And uh, if we have some OBDM we, tonight. Yes. OBDM and rare encounter both start in a half hour. After that, I'll be on with Carolyn doing best of the G's. After that, uh, for all you no agenda stream listeners, it'll be Nick the Rat with John Fletcher. It's gonna be it's a full night of of content for people. But uh but yeah, thanks Charlie. And uh we'll now uh hear from our sponsor for this show, the Smart Pipe. I'll see you, Charlie. Powers, author, TV personality, and social media influencer. You guys heard of Disrupt, right? It sounds bad, but it's actually good. It just means changing the game. And one of the hottest Disrupt technologies around is Smart Pipe. You've probably heard of them. They got everybody talking. By knowing exactly what we're flushing, we're empowering ways we've never been before. Lucky me, the folks here at Smart Pipe have invited yours truly to talk to the people who make it happen. Let's go. I'm here with Smart Pipe's head of product, Noah Martin. He's responsible for making Smart Pipe so smart. For folks who've been living under a rock, what is Smart Pipe and why do we want it? Okay, well, let me ask you a question. If I had information that could save your life or the life of your family members, would you flush that? No way. But that's what you're doing every time you don't use Smart Pipe. Smart Pipe attaches to your existing plumbing infrastructure, scans everything that you flush, then it uses what it finds out to make life better. I mean, all you have to do is install Smart Pipe, attach the recognition device, keep it connected to the Wi-Fi, and you're set. The convenience factor alone makes it worthwhile. Automatic cleaning, remote flushing, being able to monitor who's using your pipes from anywhere. If Smart Pipe detects someone it doesn't recognize, you know instantly. Now that's peace of mind. And it's not just reactive, it's proactive. You eat something and it makes you sick. Smart Pipe detects that, tweets it at hospitals in your area, and then you get the treatment you need. Didn't I see that Smart Pipe has already saved more lives than all doctors throughout history combined? By letting private companies and other interested parties bid on your waste profile, Smart Pipe is available at no cost to users. The best things in life are free, right, my man? <laughs> you said it. Wow, amazing stuff. Okay, now for the fun part. To learn more about the social side of the biz, I talked to Christina Darnell, the SmartPipe community manager. When we say that SmartPipe brings all your profiles under one lid, talk a little bit about that. So when you sync your social media with SmartPipe, it updates your waste status on all of your accounts automatically. And you're also getting updates from friends and family who use SmartPipe. So the more friends you have, the more connected you are. So I can like anything that passes through my friends' pipes or repipe it to my downstreamers. You're always connected. Old college buddy have a lot of niacin in his urine? Give him a like. You notice that your aunt just flushed a bunch of blood and semen? Call her. Find out what's up. But it's not all fun and games. At Christina's fingertips is a portal to the entire smart pipe economy, where your smart pipe data is auctioned off to drug companies, hospitals, corporate headhunters, speculators, and more. You got the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> it's so cool. When you use smart pipe, you become a piece of valuable, sellable information. That makes me feel like a superhero. Infoman! <laughs> 
And that's not just a win for companies. The fact that my metadata is out there is great for me as a user. Like with targeted ads, I get tons of coupons from cool restaurants. We make it fun and easy to stay connected to your favorite brands, like right now. Anytime that SmartPipe detects food particles from Red Robin in your waist, you earn points that can be redeemed for a free digital poster from the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Awesome. That will go great in my digital poster wallet. Whoa! You're Scout Condor. Yeah, hi. Boom, and I'm starstruck. This is Scout Condor. SmartPipe's social component has spawned a whole generation of celebrity pipers. And right now, Scout is the world's most popular SmartPipe star. With over 100,000 downstreamers, it's tough not to get a little flustered. <laughs> what are you doing here? Just using the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I started getting popular because of how few nitrates were in my stool. People wanted to know how I did it. The rest flowed from there. It's tough to keep track of all your endorsement dues. I know, I can't believe it. Proactive, Diet Dr. Pepper, Maalox, and that's just this year. Being famous isn't easy. There's always haters, but I get a ton of support from my pipers. That's what keeps me going. Give it up, Scout. I just used a smart pipe at smart pipe. How crazy is that? Let's see how I did. Very cool. All right, time to meet the person who made this dream a reality. Your smart pipe CEO, Kirk Peckley. Start a revolution, dude. How did you do it? I've always been a revolutionary. Uh, we just had to wait for the tech to catch up. <laughs> My father taught me the value of hard work and big ideas, but he was in the union, and so he grew lazy and was unable to innovate. Uh, he died. That's why you go so hard at innovation. It's personal for you. So when people like Congressman Tad Mitchell stand in the way of your efforts to change the game... Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, what does this look like to you? Uh, I don't know. That's from the Space Telescope. <laughs> You're not sure. One thing that's clear, though, that's not child pornography. Uh, how can that be child pornography? I can't even tell what it is. Exactly. When you log into SmartPipe, a patented recog device does read your anus to confirm your identity. Its CCDs convert light into text-based codes, which represent your unique fingerprint of anal terrain. Like in the movies. But does that mean it takes an image of Uranus. It's more like a lock and key mechanism that employs your topographical anal handshake. It's important for us to be able to tie you, the user, to your smart pipe activity. If a child sits down on a smart pipe toilet, we need the freedom to harvest the information required to make smart pipe work. That means, yes, a scan is performed on that child's anus. And ideally, that information is transmitted across state lines, but we can't do any of that until we modernize our ancient child pornography laws. They're overdue for a reboot. Exactly, and Congressman Mitchell, who chairs the House subcommittee in charge of these laws, won't even allow our proposed legislation to come up for a vote. So one man is subverting the will of millions of people. That's not America. Hey, look, I'll say it. I hate child pornographers. And if it were up to me, they'd all get the chair. All right, my man. Wow, I've learned so much today, but I still got questions. Like if SmartPipe isn't doing anything wrong, then why are they the only corporation to ever be officially designated as a sex offender? It seems decidedly uncool to me. I'd be thrilled to answer any questions that you might have about SmartPipe's status as a sex offender. You're Andrew Goldman, the in-house counsel for SmartPipe. 
Fact is that Smart Pipe was operating without incident for several months when there was a government inquiry and we were forced to cease services and re-examine our options. How could the government get it so wrong? Fortunately, there was a solution. Smart Pipe now stores all metadata in a secure offshore server. This is the barge. The barge is a 500-ton palladium craft, which houses over 1 million exabytes of server space. It's completely impenetrable to pirates or foreign navies owing to its 100% spherical construction. It's so round that bullets and ladders just glance right off of it. Exactly. So cool. Well, where is it now? It's not in SmartPipe's interest to know where it is. Of course, we do get reports of sightings, but if we knew where it was, we'd be opening ourselves up to all sorts of regulatory hassles. When in fact, the only entity with full unfettered access to your anal topography is a robot. There's a robot on the ship? He's the captain. I see you've met Andrew. Yeah, he's catching me up to speed on all the hoops you have to jump through because of our broken Congress. Now, think how expensive it is to maintain all this. The barge, the satellite, the robot captain. I mean, compared to a server farm in Arizona, it's astronomical. But that's what the government wants. They want SmartPipe to fail. It's funny that Congress is so hung up on this. I mean, the founding fathers didn't even have pipes. That's a great point. I mean, they were defecating into open trenches, and millions of them died from cholera. It's time to say no to pro-death obstructionism. Get online, sign the petition, call Mitchell's office, and actively harass his staff. To demonstrate that the images we are sending across state lines do not, in fact, constitute child pornography, I've brought in David Tinsky. David is a registered sex offender and confessed pedophile. He's in treatment. That's great to hear. We're going to be showing David an image of my own child's smart pipe anal topographical signature and using state-of-the-art facial heat mapping track his arousal. That way we'll know once and for all whether or not smart pipe is a boon to pedophiles. I respect how much you're personally willing to put on the line for smart pipe. Let's show him the photo. Anus is the key to your future. Don't let the government take that key away from you. Reclaim your anus. It's my anus, and I'm not ashamed of it. It's my anus, and it's who I am. It's my anus, and it's what makes me, me. It's my anus, and I'm proud of it. It's my anus. It's the portal to a beautiful new future. Abs in a six-pack! A-B-S-N-A-6, the number, P-A-C-K, dot com.